everybody to We Straddle. This is Darren Starwin and this is our post-election episode and it sure feels like it's needed. We actually took last week off from doing a We Straddle episode. So many people are feeling so many things ranging from just I've had it, I'm just checked out from this whole thing to some very strong reactive thoughts and feelings about what other people are doing or not doing. And so you know, we've been talking about how we can present something along the lines that we straddle on this subject. And so that's what we're going to get into right now. Yes, here we are, right, Darren. So this is Dano, and we are ready to uh, debrief and to, uh, to like step into a, a straddling that seems all the more difficult to do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so polarized, so crazy it is. But this is the idea. So, uh, you know, I'm a psychotherapist and I work a lot with couples. And when I see a couple that comes in um, who have had, you know, maybe years of communication challenges and endless disagreements that keep cycling, what I do is, and what <clears throat> you know, therapists do and mediators do, is they sit both people down and they, they say, okay, each person's experience is equally important. Each person's perspective is equally important. Something has happened, there's a communication breakdown, there's misunderstandings, there's differences of opinions. What can we do to find a bridge, find a way for understanding to begin to come back into the flow of that relationship? So Darren and I are thinking that <clears throat> we would like to invite the, <clears throat> excuse me, the polarized country uh, to come in to a counseling session or a, you know, uh, a place where we can do some relationship talking together. And uh, so, so uh, and, and this may sound a little hokey, it may sound a little strange, but we really are feeling like we do have, you know, tremendous compassion and kind of like, I know for me, I've kind of been there with regards, you know, with, with, with regards to the arena of conspirituality of people who are like into conspiracy theory, into the, the, the underpinnings of what's going on that has been very active around this whole election. Yeah. I love that idea that you brought up about this is relationship counseling for United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing here today. And I love your idea also that you don't, you want to validate both people and say that everyone has a point and that we're trying to find a common ground. And sometimes those relationship counseling sessions could be very, very difficult when people are really triggered and you know, enraged with each other and it's built up over a long mm -hmm. period of time. So, 
I'd like to start by saying that, you know, I've, it's been hard for me to not look at what's going on with Trump refusing to concede the election after, you know, like validated people who are, whose their whole job is to count votes have found a clear majority for Biden in all those key states. It's hard for me to do it, but I was thinking, what is the place where we can validate everybody? And I, the place that I feel that is has to do with kind of a bigger picture of the kind of consciousness movement that's going on in our, on our planet and our country of polarization. Like clearly Trump, and this is not to, to make him right or wrong, but Trump is a polarizing figure. I think it, it's, it's just sort of obvious that he, that if you, he, 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 he says things and acts in a way that really gets his followers very happy and inspired and turned on and that enrages and disgusts and, and appalls the people who are, you know, on the, on the other side. So that's a polarizing force. And I heard it said by somebody who is a channeler, a spiritual channeler from the higher dimensions who I have a lot of respect for, that, that maybe that was necessary. Maybe in some way, part of our evolution moving through this time is we needed to feel that intense polarization as a passage toward perhaps popping into a higher ascension. I don't know why, I can't say the reason why that is, but that somehow seems kinder because that way, instead of making anyone wrong, we can say like there's a natural, and a, like a good example is that there's rats that normally would just hang around with each other and you know, not fight with each other that much. But when human beings give them electrical shocks to their brain, they can make the rats just fight with each other and they actually do rat fighting or they do dog fighting or they agitate the animals with shocks so that they will, for human entertainment, will fight with each other when that's not their true nature. I almost feel like something like that has been going on. Um, some artificial agitation to make us be more polarized. That's, that's, I, I mm -hmm. keep that going on. Okay. Okay. That may well be happening. And we certainly want to keep our eye open for um, maybe behind the scenes agitators to keep us divided. Uh, yeah. I, it's funny, as you were talking about, about that, I, the, the, it, it flashed in my mind this, this image that I recently came across. It was very interesting when these starlight birds are flying in these massive flocks and they have these whole shapes of, of, of the way that they fly, you know, um, the, the, the way these like, like large flocks of these small birds, there's almost like a, they're all independent from each other and yet they're all flying with each other and there's no leader and there's just this mass movement. And I'm, I'm thinking that, that the, the, the whole conspiratorial and Trump, you know, or at least, the, you know, the far right, but we're really working with the conspiratorial aspect of, of, the, of, of the Trump phenomenon. Um, but that has been a, a group of starlight birds um, that are flying in another direction. And it sort of has a, a mind of its own which I think is, so here we are in the counseling session. I'm looking for the positive intention behind this, that I think that there is a, a very strong, just being fed up with business as usual. 
just feeling like government and politics seems to be going nowhere and that there's economic despair and there's just, it just feels like it's, um, you know, corrupt politicians that are just keeping their own selves in office. And, and so there's just this, it's a populist uprising of, of anger towards business as usual. And I, and I, I think um, there's, you know, I can really understand that. I, I, I think that that's been, you know, uh, yes, there, there is a tremendous amount of corruption and abuses of power and um, lack of, of real change. And, and, you know, the rich are getting richer and the poor are, are getting, you know, middle class is disappearing. And so, um, yeah, so we just want to acknowledge uh, that half the nation, if that's who's voted for Trump, that it's, you know, it's not like they're necessarily just misguided. There's something going on here that we just want to bring into the room and acknowledge. I know for myself, I've, <clears throat> you know, in terms of conspiritual, I've been, I've really been there. I've gone to the Conscious Life Expos and been to the David Wilcock lectures and, you know, and gone to the Ascension panel and, you know, where, where there's lots of incredible conversations about where we're moving as a civilization. Uh, and, and a lot of people in that culture set their sights on Trump as being a kind of a, like a leader. And I think that, you know, that's, that's where maybe Darren and I might have a little bit of issue with that. And so maybe we want to give space for this other voice, you know, for, for people who aren't just sort of pro-Trump and feeling like, you know, all of that. So, so Darren and I kind of have some strong feelings and we wanted to make space for those today. And, and, but we're wanting to do it in a way that isn't just like talking, ah, you know, angry, angry. No, we're wanting to stay in relationship and we're wanting to ask people to see our positive intention behind what we're saying. Well, I gotta say what you just said, I thought was a little too kind to, <laughs> I don't know, I, better following this. I'll, I don't know. I would have put it a little differently myself, okay. but um, oh. I, 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 but, I, but I, what I did like that you said is is the relational part of really wanting to see that there's a reason for this populist movement. Like that part, mm -hmm. I can relate to. Mm -hmm. and I, and I, well, that's true. A, and so, so what I feel there's a, <clears throat> some complex, strangely interlocking things going on right now, and what you're saying is correct. There is real reason for an angry populist movement to kind of tear down this edifice that I got to say the Democratic Party has it's been guilty all the times of, of creating mm -hmm. as well as you know both parties have yes, it. the Democrats exactly. have their own version of it and so having some anger or wanting to tear down some of that there's some justification for it okay but and so that has built this movement and now on the other hand I'm just going to call a spade a spade denying the truth of selection is just plain wrong. 
there is no middle ground to straddle on it. It's to deny the will of the people mm -hmm. and to make up fictions that are not based on any evidence that you should tear apart the democratic process to me is just plain wrong. But then, so, but that doesn't make the people wrong who are believing it. That's where the fine point is, I feel. Very good. Like, like in other words, I've heard the saying, like, I disagree with you, but I respect your right, you know, to, I respect the person you are to have that, that mode. And so I don't, like, so let's say, for instance, there's one thing that there's this emotional feeling of kind of a mixture of anger and almost excitement, like, you know, we're, we're opening this bag of worms up, we're coming out, we're, we're, we're opening something up that's been closed and shut down for too long, which say a lot of Trump followers may feel, QAnon followers, it's that spirit of like, yeah, we're, all this stuff that's been hidden, you know, we're pulling it out in the open, we're exposing it, we're getting disclosure. I am very excited about disclosure, but yet in this fourth dimensional time we're moving through, which could mean like a lot of parts of the psyche, a lot of illusory things can be popping all around. It's almost like a hallucinogenic trip in a sense. Mm -hmm. I like to use the term kaleidoscopic, kaleidoscopic hallucinogenic experience of moving through this fourth dimension where all these aspects of the psyche are unpacked and very chaotic at a certain point. So we're in that most chaotic point of unpacking all this stuff. Like I think it was in the Bible, that which is hid shall be manifest or something like it. That's what's going on. So while we're in this, that genuine feeling of wanting to have disclosure and truth and break down the, the old dysfunctional systems, which I respect, because I've been a rebel all my life in different ways, is being strangely mixed with condoning some things that are just plain wrong. I, 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 I can't say any way about it. In other words, it, Trump and his people have, his lawyers have filed lawsuits with many, many states where there's swing states to try to get lawsuits to invalidate the results. And all their evidence is mostly bogus. I mean, those courts have rejected most of those because it was just more like hearsay stuff or people sounding off emotionally who didn't like, the, I mean, there wasn't actually any hard evidence to show that there was corruption in the vote count, except in areas that are numbers so small that they wouldn't have coming even close to changing the actual result. So to me, that is wrong. And I'm not gonna mamby Pam around and say, no, I under, but then I understand the feelings of why people would do that. So maybe that's the closest I can come to straddling today. Very good. Yeah, <clears throat> and, you, and you did so um, with, I don't know, I kept thinking uh, the Beatles and the kaleidoscope eyes, and then you went to the Bible. I mean, that was, that was a really nice little stretch you just did there. <laughs> oh, thank you. But you're, and, and this is what can happen in counseling, is one, one person can say, no, there's something wrong here. There's some behavior that is not working in our relationship. And so, yeah, Trump is, I mean, when Trump was elected, you know, Obama just said, okay, you won. You know, it's time for us to move on and for you to take office. And, uh, and Trump is, um, you know, incredibly selfishly um, just holding on to power, hoping that he can cling to power and that uh, it's incredibly selfish and it is absolutely wreaking havoc on the the, the, the what sort of threads of democracy that we are clinging to at this point. 
but I think I wanted to um, maybe even step back from from that. And I think that while we're here in this counseling session, um, and and this is almost very personal for me because I have real dear friends who are sitting on the other side of the couch, so to speak. Um, and and I've been just really just racking my my head about how to like what's going on here, but there is a blind spot that seems to be happening where they're 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 bound within a worldview and that is <clears throat> cut off from a a broad range of, of journalistic uh, and, and, you know, understanding of, of what's happening and, and, and <clears throat> people in the conspiritual sort of culture are holding a narrative that almost feels like it could be, it almost has a quality of a cult-like sense. Yeah. And, um, and I think that Trump himself has brought in some of that cult quality, that there's a cult of his personality and that his megalomania and his narcissism are, 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 are creating almost like a blind spot where people just are you know, sort of flooding to, to him as like, savior figure. So Michael Mead is talking about um, Trump as not being so much a king archetype as he is a savior archetype, that there's a spiritual quality to the movement. And they're, they're seeing Trump as somebody who can just like pave the way into what Q is saying is a great awakening. And I think that we, Darren and I, and, you know, like we're all into this idea that we are on this precipice of the end of the Kali Yuga or whatever, you know, end of the Piscean age. We're seeing this possibility of a new humanity emerging. But has this been like, has, has this been essentially co-opted by Trump? I mean, I, I just, it's, it'll be very curious to, to see that if Trump is taken out of the equation, that maybe we might be able to come back to some semblance of a little bit more um, where things might calm down a little bit, so. Uh, thank you, yeah, I, I like that idea of that. And I, I, what you said about the cult of personality is very true. It's, it's there's some kind of chemistry between Trump's excesses and his way of being with the need of these people who follow him and it's it's obviously a, a strong chemistry what can you say it's like you're talking about relationship counseling there's some very intense chemistry there and when you're you know think how many people feel an intense chemistry with someone and then do things that they later would think were foolish when they look back on it you know because exactly. they have that lust they have those chemicals running through their body and they uh -huh. they, they open up they, they give their bank account number over to some shady guy because they're just so in love and then they go back how could i have done that fifty thousand dollars later you know so we'll see if that if that ends up being happening but uh, but, but but we're also you know we're speaking of, we're speaking this way while not wanting to lose touch with, you know, these are people, these are real people. Um, 
and uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, anybody who might be listening to this might be very offended, but we're really not wanting to offend. We're wanting to have space to be able to be honest. And like Darren is saying, it was really hard for us to straddle right now. So we thought maybe come into the couch. Yep, come on to here. So this is where we are. And uh, <laughs> so this, this is where we are. And you know, we, we, we don't, we're not gonna have the luxury of having a nice neat answer today and wrap a bow around it and say, here's the answer. You know, we're just sharing our feelings and our perspectives and we would love to hear from you too because there's ways to give us feedback as well. And so we would welcome that. Now this is about getting the dialogue going. This is the painful part perhaps of the therapy session but just to even be talking is a very, very important step because the ultimate cult is when you stop even communicating. Like there's some cults where they basically, their leaders encourage them to not communicate with their relatives mm -hmm. or their family or their people that, that see it differently. And that's when it's really mm -hmm. dangerous. Mm -hmm. So we, we are supporting, at least I am, I, I guess I think you are Dano, is dialogue, uh, communication. I know you've been trying so hard you know, to do that in your life. I have too. Um, mm -hmm. so, so that's where we are. We have the situation where, you know, I, I want to just finish by saying the story of the emperor's new clothes. I, that's come to be several times. That's this old story where just for anyone who forgot, the emperor was very vain in this one country and he had a tailor. He asked him to make him this ultimate suit of clothes that would make him like look so great and powerful and majestic and so and then he had a great procession to go down through the village square with like huge throngs of people watching to show off his new clothes and this tailor was very unscrupulous he took all the money for all the gold and all the jewels and everything and he pocketed it and he told the emperor that very confidently no you have the clothes on now you're wearing them and the emperor didn't want to look foolish so he just said well i guess i have the clothes on he actually was naked and he got on this, on this big you know, thing that was being pulled by horses. He went through the whole town with all his kingdom around him, adulating him naked. And all the people didn't, nobody dared to say that the emperor was naked. So they just all were like cheering and acting as if, okay, well, we don't want to be thrown in the dungeon for insulting him. So they just started cheering and the emperor was you know, happy and everything was going on until some innocent little child looked and said, the emperor is naked. And suddenly all the people couldn't deny it any longer. And the king realized how foolish he was and how much he'd been ripped off by the tailor. <laughs> I'm not gonna say why or how, but I've just thought about that story a lot recently. And you have the people on the other side of the couch just so angry right now. But, you know, we really want to continue the dialogue and we want um, we, we don't want to lose. I feel like now more than ever, we want to maintain relationship for in the long run. So this Thank is just, this, that. yeah. All right, Darren. All right. Well, thanks for Dano and yeah. thanks everybody who's listened. Yeah. To mm -hmm. um, you know, join us, you're joining us in these difficult feelings, these difficult things mm -hmm. and <clears throat> for being with us. Yeah. And we'll, um, you know, we're, we're looking at maybe bringing, you know, other people in at some point. But right now we're just trying to hold steady. And so yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. We shall see you next time.
hopefully in a week this time up there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Love and blessings to all of them.